0: Welcome to the Breakthrough Zone, where lives are transformed one breakthrough at a time. Now, here's your host, internationally recognized coach and author, John Page Burton.
1: Hey, great to be here this morning in the Breakthrough Zone. Today, I've got a really cool guest. Uh, I think you're going to love her. Her name is April Galloway. She is the founder of of the wandering soul center she's also the owner of the spirited cowgirl boutique she's a spiritual coach spiritual coach a reiki master and an entrepreneur there's a lot going on here we're going to cover a whole bunch today april welcome to the show glad to have you with us
2: thank you glad to be here
1: it's awesome i've been following you for a while now and it's exciting to, uh, to, have, to have had a lot of conversations with you over the last few weeks, but to really get to know you as a person, get to know your, what you're about, your belief system. And to me, it's just exciting that you have a great story. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to go into that story probably right out of the gate because I think that that story, your story of being an entrepreneur, which started at a very young age, and I'll let you tell that story really set the foundation in your life for so many of your belief systems today, your work ethic, your mindset. So take us back many, many years ago and, and kind of share with us how, you know, some of your dreams started to uh, manifest even back at the age of, I believe it was nine.
2: Six, actually.
1: Six.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so when I was six years old, I found out about the local swimming pool and they had this really cool thing called a swim team and so I wanted to be a part of that team and so I already had a normal bathing suit and I kept swimming and so nine years old we're gonna fast forward nine years old I needed to get a bathing suit and a swim cap for competitions and goggles and all the extra stuff that was required. So I went to my mom and I was like, mom, mom, guess what I get to do? I get to go to competition. I'm super excited about this. And she looks right at me and says, well, if that's something you want to do, then you need to go find the money to do it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I sat and I thought about it for a minute. At nine years old, I'm thinking about how am I going to make money? So I started to figure out all the things that I was really good at. Well, I had chores, and I was really good at doing chores. Uh, So I grabbed my little cleaning bucket, and I put my shoes on. And at the time, we lived on the same property that my mom's business was. And so this was in a very industrial area. And so I walked around, and I went to all the businesses. And I walked inside, and I said, do you want your restrooms or your office cleaned for $20? And they said, okay. And so I started making $20. And I went to the next place, $20. And then by the end of the day, I had like hundred and forty bucks, which was the cost of the swimsuit. So
1: and nine, like, nine years old.
2: And nine years old. Like, uh, so it started then. So I um, you know, talked with one of like the the business owners that were was a really good friend of my mom. And he started to mentor me. He was like Like, what is your, what is your worth for what you are giving? Are you really worth $20 for the bathroom and the office for all the cleaning and the supplies that you bring? And so I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. No, I'm worth way more than that. (laughs) And so he started talking to me and, you know, and discussing like business, like the way businesses work. And and so my mind just started like growing with this concept. So he said, you need a name for your business. And I was like, okay, I have little hands. (laughs) I was like a miniature person (laughs) back then, right? And so um, I was like tiny hands cleaning, and um and so that's the birth of that first So
1: at 9 years old you start your first company Tiny Hands Cleaning yeah. Services. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> please I tell did. me you incorporated.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have. But uh, in that moment I didn't. Sure. So um that led me to the rest of my life where I just, you know, I, I always wanted to be in business for myself and and follow my own values and and you know, all of the the businessy stuff.
1: But. So let me go back for a minute, because I think if I understood correctly, you uh, you had an opportunity to uh, swim in the Olympic trials. I did, which is amazing. So you went from, mom, I need a swimsuit and a, and a skull cap, to raising the money, earning the money to buy that, to getting in the swim, uh, the swim world. Tell me about your swim career let's go back there for a minute i divide
2: i devoted my entire life to swimming i got up in the morning at 5 a.m i walked five miles to the pool i practiced from uh, seven o'clock until noon and then i swam all day with my friends at the at the community pool and then You know, when the pool closed at 5 o'clock, I was at swim practice yet again from 5 to 7. And then I walked home. So I literally lived in the pool every single day in the summer. And then when when I was in school, (laughs) we didn't have a swim team in in elementary or middle school, right? So every summer I swam, I swam and swam and yearning the entire time for a place to Swim during school hours, and I just couldn't find it. Um, and so, my, my freshman year came around, and the school didn't have swim team. So I went to the teachers and I was and the principal, and I said, "We need a swim team. Like our school needs a swim team." And they were like, "Well, we don't have a we don't have a pool, and we don't have like this and that and the other." And I said, "Well, <clears throat> if I can find us a coach, and I can find team members." and I can find another school that will allow us to use their pool, can we have a swim team? And they were like, yeah, let's Uh do it. And so I recruited, I think um, the first year, I I went to Desert View High School here in Tucson on the south side of town. And I think the first year we had like eight or 10 swimmers um, and and we were really good at it. Nobody had any experience, but I helped the coach coach. <laughs> wow. So uh, it was awesome. And At this point,
1: you're like 14 or 15 years old. And yeah. You're just you're visualizing what it is that you want to bring it to your life. Yeah. And then you're going out and you're selling it. You're yeah. selling people, enrolling people in your vision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so you get a swim team and, and okay.
2: Yeah. So we get a swim team and years pass and I'm just, you know, getting Getting better, but still being lazy. My coach always said, you know, April, if you would use your legs, you'd be a lot faster.
0: "Eh."
2: It was all upper body strength, but, you know. So um, I just kept swimming, kept swimming, kept swimming. And I went to all the state competitions. And then finally, uh, I was recruited. Like, they, they came and said, hey, we like the way you swim. And, you know, we'd like to bring you on for, you know, the Olympic trials and see if you can you know you know get there and they told me that there was going to be a ton of like exercise and extra like like practice and this and that and the other and it's like yeah I'm I'm totally okay with that and then I was in a car accident and so yeah. I wasn't able to go but that's okay that's it there's a reason for all of that absolutely yeah and so yeah but that that entire um drive and ambition has developed me into who i am now and even though i know that things pop up that seem like failure they're sure. not really failure if you look at all of the accomplishments along the way and so um i, I i've been through you know amazing triumphs and and building businesses and in their glory and and then you know them falling away and then starting something new and and that's just it's that, that's just the beautiful flow of life.
1: So what is your relationship with failure?
2: Um, I embrace failure. The reason why I embrace failure is that within every moment that we feel defeated, even failure brings us lessons. Right. And so we can learn a lot from our failures if we embrace them and accept them for what they are. Um, if something fails, then, it just was not meant to be.
1: Yeah, it was not meant to be. So no. many people take it personally, yeah. right? I mean, you know, and there are adults that if they're told, no, you can't have this, <laughs> then they'll go, oh, okay, yeah. I guess I can't have it. Yeah. And, and nine, you realized, I really wanna swim and my mom's not gonna give me the cash flow, so I'm gonna go create it. So you trucked around with your little business and you made money, and then you said, I wanna swim, and your mom said, well, I can't give you a ride. So you're committed to walking five miles each way, which I used to. I used to make that up when I was a kid. I go, yeah, I used to walk uh, two miles to school and eight feet of snow, right? But <laughs> but it was actually, you know, for me it was about a mile and two feet of snow. I don't know what it was, but
0: right. <laughs> but you okay. had
1: that drive, and then they said, why don't we have a swim team? Because we don't. And you said, well, what if if I could do some leg work here, then would you open to that? Be open to that, and then. You made that happen. I mean, this is not normal. Okay. This right. is not normal. I mean, most kids would have thrown a fit. Hate you. I want to leave. I want new parents. You just went out and you became a problem solver. Yeah. And so being a problem solver, let's fast forward to now you're an entrepreneur. You've, you've built businesses. You've been successful. You've seen businesses fall apart you've, you've had the resiliency to come back. Um, what, what is it that drives you as an entrepreneur? What, what drives you to go, okay, I failed. Okay. I hit a roadblock. Okay. I hit an obstacle. Okay. You know, this is a challenge, but you just put your head down because that's not, it's not normal. So for everybody.
2: Right. And and I and I understand that. And and that's a really good question to ask. So ultimately it all comes down to being of service to others. Okay. Yeah. Being able to help other people in any way that it is, right? Whether it's cleaning your house cuz you don't have the time or drive or desire to, or it's helping you heal on a very deep and internal level. And and that requires a lot of compassion and so being compassionate to not only myself but to everyone in the world around me um is pretty much my driving force not only that but i just know inside of me that i'm meant to do great things and so great things could be just by just like the littlest thing is paying it forward at you know the coffee shop or you know Dropping $20 on the ground so someone else can pick it up. That's a great thing. It doesn't have to be giant. And I don't have to be, you know, a movie star or people noticing me from far away and coming up to me to shake my hand. It's the little things that lead up to the big victories. When, and to kind of like, like segue into another thing, when I no longer am on this earth, I want to look back at all the little things I was able to do.
1: Right, right.
2: And not, I don't want to like, I don't want to look back and be like, oh yeah, I had this like, you know, million dollar mansion. And no, that like, it's the little things, the way I impacted other people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, important to you. That's the value. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, because so
1: many people, I jump in here. I I do this often. I'll go down these all these little rabbit holes. Breakthrough zone. (laughs) Well, ground opens up. We go in. Um. But it it it's like you talked about. It's dropping a $20 bill. It's picking up somebody's lunch. It's, you know, I do that time to time. I'll see somebody. I can just tell, you know, they're probably really at a fixed income. So I'll pick up their groceries. I'll tell the guy, put it on my card, right? But so many people think it's that one big thing. Okay, I'm going to write that one big check each, each year. I'm going to attend that one big function that we all with the gala we always go to. And that's great and everything, and we need all the big checks written we can to organizations because every nonprofit needs money. We've right. had a couple of on the show, right? But it's that little every day, mm-hmm. right? Finding something you can do every day, whether it's complimenting somebody, whether it's uh, you know picking up somebody's lunch, whatever that is, that's the key to this. It's right. because it has a compounding effect. It does, and you can't do it though. Like going, okay, I did three good things today, so. I'm good until Friday, okay? Then I, <laughs> I'll do another one and I'll stack up Friday and then I don't have to worry about it over the weekend. That's not what we're doing here, right? Right, right? You're just making it a practice in your life to every day look for ways to make an impact.
2: Right. And and every little tiny thing that I do that makes an impact fills my personal well. Right. And it gives me more and more and more. And it just, it's like, it's, it's this giant snowball effect of the feel good that we all are searching for. Like, I want to be happy and I want to be, you know, I want joy and I want this and I want that. Well, what are you doing to create that space and like right, that right. en- that energy to come to you? Right. And so you have to, it's all work. It's, you just have to keep up with it and and do what feels good to you. If dropping a 20 on the ground feels good. If saying, hey, like, hey, uh, you look really cool today. I love your hair. Like, th- that's a that's a little thing that you can add to yourself. It's just putting
1: stuff out there. Yeah. It's making a deposit of yeah. good. Right. right. Yeah. So you're really big. I mean, you're really, you're really, um, I'm not kidding. Big's not the word for it, but you're really open. Uh, you're an open book. I mean, A couple weeks ago, I came across a post. I want to talk about that post because it was a very impactful post. So I'm scrolling my social media stream, and all of a sudden, I roll up on April, and (laughs) April is laying on the floor with no clothes on. Now, tastefully done, tastefully done. But so I'm like, wow, there's April, right? But then I scroll down, and I read this unbelievably impactful article you had written about coming to terms with your body and your body image. And can you share share a little bit about that? Because I, it was it was so impactful. And I, I did talk to several female friends of mine that I shared that with, and I sent it to them. And they were like, oh my gosh, this just hit home. What was that about? Why, why was that so important for you to share that?
2: Well, again, it's giving a giving something of value to other people to help them along their their path or journey. And I've gone through the mud and the muck in my life. It's okay. I get to use those to inspire and empower other people. So as a child, I was molested, right? But I never held on to that as a negative. I looked at it and and I'm I'm unique and weird and all this extra stuff, right? But I looked Which at Which makes you cool. Right. <laughs> uh, but I looked at that even when I was 13 years old as a way that I can inspire other people. I knew at 13 if I allowed that situation to affect me in a negative way that it would continue to snowball. <laughs> And be this big giant thing in my life that I didn't want. Yes. I didn't want that. Yes, it happened, but now I get to talk to other people that have had it happen in their life. And so in that, in that moment, for a brief, a brief moment, maybe six months or so, I was not comfortable with my body, right? Because that happened. But Moving on in my life, it's just like all these things that are are happening are these beautiful ways to inspire other people that I know have been in my shoes. From being in a in a very extremely abusive uh, marriage where, like, the guy was physically, mentally, and verbally beating me up all the time, telling me I would never be good enough, I would never amount to anything, I would never, 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 right? I know people – that have had that same situation, and I did not allow it to affect me. I did for a little bit, and then I let it go. Right? I
0: am. How
1: did you let that go, though? Because there, there, there are women listening. They'll yeah. listen to the show. We dropped this Friday. There'll be women listening to the show. To go. Oh my god! How, how did she let that go? That was so powerful. I have friends that were molested by uncles, raped. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the most horrific shit that you can even imagine, and they function societally they function they go to their work they do their job but they still carry those scars and for so many it's it's just become an identity right that's who i am i'm a victim of this i'm a victim of that and i i don't i i can't speak to that because i don't i mean i understand i had my own childhood challenges but much like you i think i just you know you kind of make peace with that you realize Mm -hmm. that you know Maybe you don't even verbalize that way, but you know it's really not about you. It's about them. I I think that's the only way that you can possibly make peace with that. So what would you tell, you know, the woman that's listening to this that goes, God, I'm in an abusive relationship. I've been molested. I've been carrying this shit around me, and I I just fucking want to let it go today.
2: Yeah. So um, to kind of put this into, like, perspective yeah right yeah the guy that molested me worked for my mom and my mom told me i was lying yeah
1: that happens a lot doesn't it yeah Yeah.
2: so there was a lot there that i had to heal from
1: you're victimized twice right yeah
2: not only by my parent yeah by the guy that did it by the guy that did it right and so um now moving back into the question how did i heal from that what is my advice to other people that are, that have had this happen in their life or something of similar. The key is forgiveness. You not only have to forgive yourself for being put in that situation, or for that situation happening to you, or for you holding on to the the impact that it had on you. Right. Yeah. You have to forgive not only yourself. But you have to forgive the other person. Yeah. And truly forgive, not be like, oh, I'll forgive you, but you know, you're never gonna come into my life again. Right, yeah. Like you have to literally be open and vulnerable enough to just forgive. Yeah. Yeah. And that in itself is so liberating. It's so freeing. It's so empowering. Saying, Hey, you know what? I know you did. X, Y, and Z. I forgive myself for being in that position, for being in that situation, for allowing this to happen to me, and for holding on to this. And I forgive you for your actions.
1: And as a spiritual coach, I mean, because you you are a spiritual yeah. coach, and you right. work with you work with women. I know you just had a retreat up at Flagstaff a few weeks ago, and yeah. where you bring women together for for a, for a long weekend, and you and you bond and you do workshops and you do healing work but is 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 a spiritual coach i mean somebody comes to you and says hey you know i've been through all this what is your what is your process not even your process but what is your primary message to them
2: nothing is healed overnight
1: nothing yeah
2: Nothing is done overnight. Right. It's just like creating a podcast, right? Right. <laughs> like, is you can't just go into a room and say, "Hey, blah 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 blah," and, yeah. and now it's like this I'm magic here. like yeah. podcast that everybody's right. listening to. Right. It it it's layer by layer. Yeah. It's level by level, and the cool thing is, is that. If you look at it from an energetic standpoint, um, you know the man that stands there, like there's this big picture, and he's standing there with his arms spread wide out, and he's got all these circles and lines going through him. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, okay. Yes, yeah, so yeah. that is the chakra system. Right. Oh, my
1: gosh. So that's it. Like, yeah. can
2: you believe that? So it's you see this. It's depicted everywhere. In in all religion,
1: yeah, you always see that.
2: Yeah, sure. and so this is the energetic. And he's in
1: a circle. Yeah, he's a circle guy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right.
2: And so this this guy is literally the picture version of your chakra system. Right. And so every line, every meridian, every every chakra, every energetic um, point within your body contains twelve layers of. Yeah energy. Energy, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so um so you have to heal it one at a time one at each layer at a time. It's kind of like going to school. You have to start in kindergarten and then you got to go you know and then graduate up to middle school and then you got to graduate up to high school and then you know what if you want you can go to college. <laughs> right. So uh so it's healing is just like going to school. You have to do it layer by layer. It's not going to happen overnight. Um I did a lot of work for myself but i started when i was nine Right. <laughs> so and i'm i'm like wait i'm 38 now <laughs> i almost <laughs> forgot <laughs> like uh hold on let me think about that uh so i'm 38 now i'm almost 40 years old so you're you're looking like this is 30 years of healing that i've been doing Right. Right. and right. so um and so you know it 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 takes time what i can say is by starting the process in one year, you're even better of a person than you were before, right. and you feel so much lighter and so much more. Free. You
1: can even t- you can even take that daily. I mean, right. really, yeah. Because if you're doing any kind of work on yourself, I mean, mm-hmm. you can see progress. People always measure progress like, you know, in well, in a year from now, I'll be this, but in 24 hours from now, you can change. I see it exactly. happen all the time. I work with clients that they'll come in and they will go. I know this is probably going to take, you know, months if not years to work through this. And I'm like, oh, hell no. We're going to we're gonna wrap this up in the next two weeks. We're going to go, right? <laughs> yeah. They go, that's not possible. You don't understand. I've been carrying this around for so long. And I'm going, <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. You know, how long do you want to carry this around? Well, I don't want it. So how committed are you to getting rid of it? And then we do that work. But how can I be confident in that? Because I've done the work myself. <laughs> hmm See, There's a lot of people out there especially in our you know in coaching world to the that here this, this is nothing it's not you I'm just saying in general mm-hmm. there are too many people coaching in areas that they shouldn't be coaching in because they want to make a buck right you have to you, you if you're hiring a coach you want to find somebody who has been if you, if you've gone through the kind of things that you're talking about you I'm not your guy right, right. you're the person because you have been on the receiving end, you've been on the healing end, you can take that person on a journey of acceptance, of forgiveness, all the things you're talking about, is where I really am not relatable. And I think that's, you have to coach within areas that you're relatable. Yeah, I agree. And in your healing work, I know a lot of your healing work involves crystals. And Mm I know on the front end, you were kind of uh, joking a little bit about new age. But I think more and more people out there, honestly are open to the fact that there's an energy out there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it isn't just a bunch of wackos hanging out up in sedona on the weekend right (laughs) there's an energy out there that that we we can call it the universe god every religion has a different Mm -hmm. name for that energy but that it's collective and the energy that you're sharing with me this morning and sharing with nareda who's doing such a great job on our sound is our sound engineer we're all right now in a certain energy. The energy I'm in right now is awesome because you're bringing yourself to this to this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Nareta, you can, probably she's nodding too, that <laughs> your energy is is lifting us a little bit in here spiritually because you're being authentic and you're sharing your journey. And so you do a lot of work with crystals. Ta- talk to me a little bit about crystals. Now I'm going to, I got a couple other things I want to get down today too, so.
2: Yeah, so, uh if you would have asked me six years ago or told me six years ago that, hey, you know, if you take this little crystal and you meditate with it, then your whole world changes. I would have been like, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm going to start heading off that way now. Yeah. Uh,
1: we go get some rock. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, uh, y- you know, it, it wasn't until I actually st- like opened up my mind and, and was – saying like, okay, like there's some stuff going on that I really need to figure out. And it led me to a crystal shop and, and actually in Sedona. <laughs> uh, I never, I've lived in Arizona my entire life, never been to Sedona. So I was like, I'm just going to go to Sedona. I need to get out of Tucson. So I did. And I picked up this rock at the time, right? I'm like, okay, I'm here's this rock. And it literally zapped my hand. I was like, what? But it wasn't a bad zap. It was a good zap.
0: Yeah.
2: It was like, whoa, okay. I'm like, everybody says that if it connects with you, then it's meant for you. So I better buy this $50 crystal. <laughs> <laughs> and so I bought the crystal and, you know, and I walked around and I'm like, "Ooh, that's pretty. And, "Ooh, that's pretty. And, you know, I'm picking all the pretty things. And then I go back and I'm telling you, that was the catalyst to my entire, like, spiritual like wow. knowing right um i've i've always been spiritual in the sense of like you know believing in god and i i even studied all religion in school i was like okay i'm going to be southern baptist because that's what my family is and i didn't um i didn't really fully uh resonate with that um, so, I looked into Christianity and I went to like um, a Catholic church and I went to all these other Western civilization churches. Um, and then I started studying Tao and Buddhism and, and Hinduism and all these other. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I came upon spirituality and it has all the laws of, you know. They all, all basically say yeah, the same thing. Yeah. It,
1: I did the same thing. I just kept bouncing around right. trying to find something to fit. Right.
2: And nothing, nothing fit. really fit. Right.
1: But but collectively They're all true. They're all true and, right. and collectively it's like a spirituality. It's,
2: right. Yeah. And there's
1: such a big difference between spirituality and religion.
2: Right, exactly. Right? And so um that that one crystal that zapped my hand was the the giant um uh like needle mover for me in my own healing journey. Um and start so I started like work, working with crystals and and, and it, it working with crystals is more than just saying, Oh, I have a pretty crystal and it's sitting on my desk. Like you literally have to work with the stone and sit with it, spend time with it, ask it for like, you know, talk to it. Look at it like it's your own child and you're <laughs> memorizing every little aspect of it, right? Um, but really it's It's the energy, so each crystal has a piezo effect, right? And when you work with the stone, when you hold it, when you rub it in your hand, when you tap on it, when you like move it in your, however, whenever you create a vibrational like touch, right? Mm -hmm. Then it creates a piezo effect, which radiates the energy of the stone out into your area. And when that happens, that's when you need to pay attention to the thoughts, feelings, and, um, and your own personal vibration. So when you're holding the stone, the thought comes up is like, oh, like I was, you know, this in the past, blah, blah, blah. And your gut feeling is like, oh, like, oh, it's like a pain in your stomach. You know you need to heal from that. And that stone will help you to do that. Right. So you have to, it's perceptual awareness. Sure. Emotional intelligence.
1: And you have to believe it. I mean, you have to believe. Right. It. There are people that's gone. Oh my God! Come on, yeah. right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's okay. We had pet rocks back in the seventies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but you have to believe in it. It's anything in life, right? You right. have to believe that there are people that believe that the cancer will not stop them, right? And the cancer goes away, right? Without anything other than their belief that. They are going to overcome this cancer. They are not going into radiation. They are not going to do chemo. They are simply going to beat it with belief. Right. And people tell them, you're going to die. And they say, no, I am not. And they don't. Right. They go into remission. I've talked to four or five people in my lifetime who went through that, and they did that with mm-hmm. belief. So right. there's no question about belief. But I want to I switch. I read another article of yours yesterday <laughs> about um, you felt like an imposter.
2: Oh, my gosh. You my felt like an imposter life.
1: your entire life. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so common. I mean, that's why I, I would look forward to this interview because we have so many similar sim, similarities on that. Right. Because you start out going, I never knew where I quite fit in, blah, blah, you know. Yeah. Share that with me because I've, I've had those same feelings. I was like, yeah. oh, I could resonate with this. I have to share it in the coach's corner. I did it right away. <laughs> because you. so many people out there feel that.
2: Yeah, well, you know like growing up i never i never fit in i i was never a popular kid even though i was ambitious you know and i i did things but i was never really popular and i i just like i knew more than what i should have and i i was an entrepreneur even when i was 9 you know so like all these things i just never really fit in and so i i Embraced the imposter syndrome, trying so hard to fit in, yeah. trying so hard to be popular, but never really getting there. Right. And so um, I, you know, I grew up a little bit and I opened up my next business, which was called It's Tidy Housekeeping and Whole Home Organization.
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> Did
2: ya? Yeah. Uh, and so when I, that was in my early 20s. And 14 years later, I'm sitting there looking at myself in the mirror saying, every person – I've owned my business for 14 years. Like an elite cleaning company drove around in Volvos to people's houses, right? Like (laughs) I wore Lululemon to clean houses, okay? Like this is like how much – like how known my business was. Yet I felt unseen, Yeah. Because of all of the things in the past that I allowed for me to build this imposter. So, no matter how
1: successful you became, you still didn't feel like you were successful. In the article you cite, I just felt like I was the maid.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, like I went to the people's houses. They paid me. I did my job. I left. And like when I went in, somebody's like, oh, the maid's here. And I was just like, I'm not a maid. Like I own my business. I'm here because I and your business done. is
1: killing it. So you're doing right. really great. Oh, you drive, yeah. you're rolling up in Volvos and right. stuff. You're doing great.
2: Paid cash for it. You but, know what yeah, I mean. Like, but like, it
1: doesn't matter because in your mind, right? You
2: and, know, and I, you know, and the reason why I wrote that article, uh, you know, because I have this really awesome like coach and mentor that you know I, you know, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> just saying, uh, <laughs> but you know he, he brought something up to me and it kind of triggered this memory and it was like, oh my gosh, like. <laughs> Like I coach this stuff. Yeah. Okay, first we're gonna segue. Co- good and great coaches have to be coachable. Yeah. So absolutely, they also have to be coached. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. It's the only way to know. Like yeah. if they they're really good. Is so how much coaching have they done? Anyway, <laughs> Anyways, so I'm sitting here before I write this article, and I'm just like all of these things, and and I know, like, I'm way greater than what i thought Mm
1: -hmm. right
2: i know that that people see me for who i am but i feel that i'm not being seen
1: right right yeah so
2: it's like okay i gotta let that go Mm -hmm. so it'll open the door for actually being seen because i'm blocking it right right so you block you can block your own growth you can block your own success. You can block your own, uh, your own healing. If we go into like what I do, right? Right. Um. By not truly believing in you.
1: Yeah, because it all starts in the mind. I mean, yeah. all of this is is mind work, right? Oh yeah, it's mindfulness. Not, yeah, yeah. It's 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 your feelings of yourself. I mean, if you if you believe in yourself, then you know you will gradually. Even if you don't, you can convince yourself that you through affirmation. There's a lot of ways to do 21 it. 21
2: days. That's all it takes.
1: That's all it takes. Yeah. But most of us allow those stories that we talked about earlier. I identify that I am a victim of this. Mm-hmm. I am a, you know, this happened and that happened. And, and and again, I never minimize that because I know how powerful our past experiences wow. are and we never get rid of them. It's like we, we learn to manage things. Mm-hmm. It's when we identify, like we all know people that identify with their trauma. It's like how are you today, Joe? Oh God, you don't want to know. And I'm like, you know, you're right. I'm having a really good day. I probably don't. (laughs) Right. But that's Joe, you know, 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 I'm I'm getting through that. I'm just, have you thought about doing work around it? Well, I have done everything I can. It's just not going, it's not getting any better. But that's not true because we can, not we're never going to be able to, you will never be able to take away the, the absolute fact that you were molested at 13, that you were you know, victimized twice because your mom didn't believe you. You're never going to be able to take that away, but you you learned not to identify with that, mm-hmm. and I think that's super powerful. Like, and I see that coming up for you, and yet is as, as strong as you are in that area, is able as you are to to make peace with that and help other people make peace with the past you still go, well, you know, but I'm not that great of a coach. I'm not, you know, I'm not that, yeah. I'm just the maid. I mean, isn't that crazy, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. And it, and I
1: know in our conversations, you yeah. know, that we, we talk about this, right?
2: Yeah. And it's just, it's, it, it's really beautiful. Like when you, when you sit and you like, you come, you like yourself right. come to the realization like, oh, oh yeah. Oops. Right, yeah. it's yeah. kind of like, oh, okay. And now you have the drive and the ambition and the motivation to not allow that to define you. Yeah. And so like, the key about the key is like when you come to a situation, and it seems to be the most, word like terrible thing possible, do not allow it to define who you are. Remember your core values, build your boundaries, and. Forgive yeah, and just move on. Like you, you lo- learn from what I call tower moments. Yes. Okay? yes. Learn from those tower moments and, but don't let them affect you and your future. Learn them. It's just like school. You right. get an F on a test. What are you going to do? Drop out?
1: Yeah.
2: Like No. <laughs> Got to like, figure out a way to
1: get a C. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Fast>. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so, so you just, you know, you, you, Come to a failure or you come to a situation where you just doesn't feel good, learn from it, and then don't let it define you, move forward. Move forward. Yeah. 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 And that's literally what I've done my entire life.
1: Yeah. You, 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 you seem to be really gifted at being able to go, okay, this sucks. Solution. Right. You don't stay in problems. No. You stay in solution. I mean, I've seen some of the stuff you post on Facebook's funny. <laughs> I didn't like my carpeting. I didn't know what to do. I had this stuff, but I didn't. So I tore out the carpet, got a fresh palette, and went to work. And look, here are my new floors.
2: Yeah, I painted them. And
1: I painted them. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, all right. Solution. So you stay in solution mode. So right off the top of your head, biggest breakthrough moment that you've that, that comes to mind. What's a, what's one of the biggest breakthrough moments when you something happened to you or some some awareness was so profound that you just completely it changed the trajectory of your life.
2: The moment that I realized I was worth it.
1: The moment you realized you were worth it.
2: Worth anything and everything. When I was nine years old, I knew I was worth being a swimmer. So I got up and I did it.
1: You swam. Yeah. yeah.
2: I deserve the good things in life. Yeah. So I'm worth. My worth is valuable. And so how much am I going to honor that worth? What am I going to do for me to show me that I am worth it? And you
1: walked away from an extremely abusive relationship. Oh, Yeah. Terrible.
2: Well, that's another story.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, you knew in that moment that I'm worth more than this. I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing, but I'm worth more than that.
2: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: That's a huge breakthrough moment when you realize I am worth it. Yeah. And so there are people out there going, well, that, that's pretty fundamental. It's not.
0: Mm-mm.
1: I would say, and I've been coaching now for 20 years almost. I've coached probably now close to 1,200 people, 11 different countries. Mm-hmm. And it's common. It's common across the board mm-hmm. that most people, I would say 90% of the people I talk to are not 100%, not even 80% set in their self-worth.
2: Yeah, right.
1: I'm not. I'm still not sure what I'm worth.
2: Well, obviously, I'm not either because I just realized, like, I'm worth being seen. Right.
0: Right? right. So,
2: like, it's, it's never-ending, man. Like this, It like, just goes, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. You just, so, each time I realize that I am worth right. X, Y, and Z, or the thing, right, yeah. then I take the steps to get what my worth is. So... Uh just like this whole like business thing, right? Like me being the the spiritual um the, the spiritual life coach. Right. Well uh on a non not so spiritual level, I'm like I'm not, I don't know if anybody's really gonna wanna like have me as their coach because I'm right. just April, you know? So I hired you right. to coach me. Right. I took the the action I took the step. I took right. action yeah. to follow what my worth is.
1: Correct, and mm-hmm. yet, and yet, the truth is, people follow you. People, right. I mean, you, you put an article out there, and and I see it blowing up on the stream. People are right. like, "Wow, thank you for being authentic." Right. Because all you could be is yourself, and and I see this, and you know, like when you go at like network events. Nothing against network events. To all you people that listen to me
2: that I go to them too, but
1: But, you know, it's like everyone just puts, they always put on their best thing and everything. How's it going? Oh my God, I fell down, landed on a thousand dollar bill, you know, all that. But the reality is then they leave and, and then the show's over and now they get in their car and they're with themselves. Right? Right. And you're like, I I handed
2: out all these business cards
1: and and you, but you see this, you see people always put their best foot forward. We see this on social media. Everybody puts out the bright shiny stuff, right? And it's when you cut through that with authenticity. Mm-hmm. I know whenever I put up an authentically based post, people love that mm-hmm. because also, I think they all want it. They all want to be authentic. We just don't know how.
2: It's it. Well, I have the answer.
1: Let's hear it.
2: Vulnerability.
1: Be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Be open. Yeah.
2: And don't give it. A- Can I cuss on here?
1: You can't. We do it. I've already dropped a couple. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Last week, we were on a slurry (laughs) on this thing, man. Like,
2: do not give a fuck about what anybody else thinks about you. Because your worth is only valued by you.
1: Right. Yeah, your business, you know, what you think of me is none of my business, right? right? It's that old saying. But I think that's what happens. There's so many of us out there, and we're trying to always put our best foot forward. And we can't. I mean, we're human beings. Everybody has a story. Everybody's even the most together. I know people who are really famous and make a lot of money, but they're Mm -hmm. definitely afraid of being in a relationship. Or I know people that are really good at relationships and they really suck at making money. And, you know, so it's just owning your shit, being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. being authentic. That's what's attractive. That's why you have clients. That's why people are attracted to you because you're authentic. Right. And because you know who you are. And I think that, it helps me i mean every time i coach every time i work with somebody else it's just it's reinforcing my belief system too right
2: mm-hmm. right exactly and it, and it's don't be afraid of failure hmm. like so we're going to we're going to go back real quick and i promise i'll be really quick because um the very first coach that i ever like paid for like went into was uh, i'm sure you know him i don't know if i can name drop but the guy that talks about money <laughs> OK, and and, it, and and he had this program out and it's and it's basically like if you have to live in a shed or a shack with nothing but a blanket, live it. So that way you can live a life that is amazing. Yeah. Right. And so uh, so that was the very first like like self-development thing that I did. And I was it was before Emily was born and she's 17 and a half. So, 19 years old or so, you know, so that like I took that in that moment. It's like, okay, I want to have a better life than I could have ever imagined. And my family didn't show me that this was possible, right? So, I gotta have to learn it on my own, right? And so, I took those steps that I took, took those actionable steps to. Build me into who I am now, and now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, now I have to realize that I'm worth it, right? right, right. Like, and and little things come up. I know I'm worth it. I know I'm worth like all of the things that that I have and the, that I um, that I am able to do for people. But on a on a deeper level, remember the college years of spirituality and growth and healing. Well, that's where I'm digging into now. Like, okay, so now I need to go back and heal that wound for this time in my life right and 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 not letting it affect me as like oh i'm not good enough yeah so kind of you know just
1: so when that happens so when that happens the the feeling comes in i'm not good enough what do you immediately do to change that
2: immediately i say hey look at here april you are good enough and you know it because you proved it a hundred times over right and why are you, you know, why are you acting like this? Put your big girl panties on. And I'm literally pointing at an imaginary when, like, mirror, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> look at here. <laughs> like, you are worth it. You are. And I just, like, sit there and I do this, like, pep talk in the, yeah. in the mirror, like in the literal mirror in my house. Right. Like, you know, put your big girl panties on. And just take that step, you know. Take
1: and just, that step forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and
2: yeah. so it's kind of like this pep talk that I've kind of gotten used to. And everybody
1: has their own thing. Right. I have a friend of mine years ago that she used to, we'd be out somewhere, all of a sudden she'd scream, cancel, clear. I was like, what? Oh, Yeah. And all she was doing was just trying to blow out a negative thought, get it out. But I mean, I wake the entire restaurant up there. Oh, oh my gosh!
2: So yeah. I have this one that I, uh, I learn, like I, I teach Emily right, and whenever she's like being in a negative mood, oh, this is going to be great for the listeners because it's not spiritual at all, right? Okay. So, uh, so okay. Whenever you have a negative thought come into your head, and you know, oh, I shouldn't be thinking this negative thought, right? Then you breathe in real deep and you laugh as loud as you can.
1: Yeah. You're changing your state. Right. Total it, state change. Yeah.
2: Yep. Literally. It's like it's like changing the energy in a room. You yeah. walk into a room and you're like, oh, I don't know. Nobody's gonna notice you. You walk into a room like you own the place, people are gonna see you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So yeah.
2: so it's it's that mindset, right? So changing the mind yeah. Yeah. where it's set at from negative to positive. Right. Laughter is like the key to happiness, right?
1: And you can like, change our like physiology too. Right. I mean, if you come in, your shoulders are dropped yeah. and like you said, you're you're just down, people are going, Oh man, you all right now my dog died. You yeah, I feel like shit. You can take that same person, go, Okay, come here a minute. Stand up. Put your shoulders back. Put a silly grin on your face, hold it for thirty seconds. Their entire state changes. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you see this, you can always tell like hey, when I'm at like events and stuff, I always can tell like Who's coming in, and you know you can always tell who's confident, who's not. And but it is, and and I don't, I've never subscribed to this "fake it till you make it." I mean, confidence is something we have to protect our self-confidence at all mm-hmm. costs because it's so easy for our self-confidence to get rocked. I mean, mm-hmm. just look around you. I mean, yeah, at some point in time, I gotta go fill my gas tank. All right, then I'm going. Oh my god, you know, and. You got to you know, go to the gross story. Blah, blah, blah. And right now, we're in a really crazy time where yeah. it's easy to feel like, oh, my God, you know, when's this going to end? We're coming off COVID. We're coming off. So collectively, as a society, we've we've had our confidence has been rocked for over three years now, yeah. right? And it continues to keep getting rocked. Yeah. So it's critical that we manage our mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do what I do on the show every week. I, sometimes I go like, you're 80 or you're, depends on how old they are, but. Yeah, you know, but the exercise I was, you know, if you're eight years old, you look back at your life, but I'm just going to fast forward 10 years from now. 10 years from now, what's April up to? What are you doing? What's going on in your life? I know you've thought about this. I know you have some, some big dreams mm-hmm. and some big things you want to do.
0: Well, uh,
2: a leader. Um, so uh, 10 years from now, I will be a leader. I will have. A school where I am able to hire other people, like teachers, to help with the healing process, the healing journey. But you could call it a retreat school or, like, you know, spiritual like healing school, whatever. But it's going to be an a place of education for all things spiritual. Nice. I'll have a podcast that's doing amazingly. People will know me. I will know myself um and just you know enjoying life and uh you know like I always said when I was like a little kid I'm going to retire at the age of 40 I kind of already did that because I'm doing what I love yeah and you're doing well at it yeah Yeah. so um so you're just like really you know spreading the 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 word that healing, being vulnerable, you know, understanding who you are is okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Um, it's okay to have bad things happen. And just, you know, being that that voice of, you know, empowerment is where I see myself in 10 years. What what all is it going to look like? I don't know. universe has its own plan. <laughs> like, right. Like, I, I could literally be living on an island and having people come in and live with me in, like, a compound situation. Right. Not, like, you know, where yeah, everybody's yeah. happy and right. free. Right. <laughs> and right. doing what they want. And no, like, religion or, like, you know, you you, you know what I'm talking about. But right. But it, it could be literally anything. But I know that I'm going to continue what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the power of it. I mean, I think a lot of people – You know a lot of people just quit dreaming i mean Mm -hmm. they quit dreaming shortly after college they then they have families and they quit dreaming and then their kids go off to college and they well it's too late to dream now and then boom 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 and i do so much work in career reinvention with people who are in their you know 40s 50s 60s i mean people who are going okay i've always wanted to do this it's all about giving yourself permission to dream right i mean it's that whole thing of jim carrey sitting up on top he's a broke janitor he's sitting on the hollywood hills and he wrote himself a check for $10 million. And he put in a memo for services rendered in a movie. Mm-hmm. And within two years, he uh, got paid $10 million for Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Mm-hmm. That's the power. And at that moment when he wrote that check, he was uh, trying to, a struggling comedian. And he was but he was basically a broke janitor trying to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. Two years that, later.
2: I have that check written.
1: Right. So mm-hmm. you write that check. I wrote it's, that check to the universe, mm-hmm. from the universe to you, saying, hey, April is worth X amount of dollars. And I think if more people would would give themselves permission to dream. I mean, everybody has their own path, their own journey. Mm-hmm. Some people go right into medical school, law school, and that's what they do their entire life. Then there are those that constantly are, are, are reimagining their lives, their careers. And so final thought, one one, the million-dollar tip that you could give to our listeners today, um, especially our female listeners, what would that be?
2: You are brave, you are safe, you are enough, you are capable, you are beautiful, you are strong.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's awesome. Thank you for coming on the show today. It's you're been right. awesome. I really appreciate having you here and I appreciate your authenticity and I look forward to continuing our, you know, our relationship professionally, but also personally. And yeah,
0: absolutely, you're awesome.
1: So Thanks. thank you. And to everybody out there, hey, I hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you back here uh, next Wednesday in the Breakthrough Zone. We've got a very special guest coming in the studio and I look forward to it. Until then, everybody go out there, be kind, be compassionate and be you. See ya.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's show. To learn more about John, visit johnpageburton.com. See you next time in the Breakthrough Zone. This podcast is a Live the Dream Media production.